You're listening to the IFF TV podcast. Marketers Football Fan TV, this is the final word. Hungry Neil, Republic of Ireland. Neil, I'm joined by Gary Spain and Larry Mahoney, who is the author of the book Let the Players Play, which is actually forward by Stephen Kenny. Um, there is, should be a link in the description to get that book as well if you want to check it out. Larry, how are you today? And Gary, I'll come to you after and just see how you are after your flight. Good, Paul. How are you? Gary, good, nice thanks. to see you. Yeah, nice to see you, Larry. I'm, oh, I'm good. A bit tired, but I'm all good. Yeah, all the way back from Hungary, huh? Yeah. Hung- Hungary and Andorra now. The, uh, the of course, week. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I suppose just, just to get into this game, we'll start off just with the line-up. Um, it's kind of a different formation, Gary. 3-4, uh, 1-2, it seemed. Uh, we have Bazunu in goal, O'Shea, Egan, Duffy, Doherty, McLean, um, Howerhain, Cullen, Knight, Parrott and Ida. Were you surprised at the lineup at all? And Larry, I'll come to you after. No, I wasn't. I wasn't that surprised. I think it was kind of flagged. I was kind of expecting the three at the back with a view to the Portugal game in Faro. And I suppose the only one I thought might have started based on his Andorra form off the bench was Daryl Horgan. So maybe he was the only one, maybe a little bit unfortunate to miss out. But. Um, other than that, I thought it was um, strangely one of the ones I probably have predicted. And uh, I don't think any of us are getting that good at predicting the team Stephen is sending out, but I think this one was a bit more predictable. And what about you, Larry? Yeah, I thought, I thought more or less the same as Gary there. The the, the thing about play with playing um, yeah, Jason Knight behind the front two, I thought I was a little bit surprised at that now. I wasn't uh, like I. I could see why. I think the, obviously the idea was to get the width from McLean and Doherty. You probably weren't able to get forward in terms of the formation we played against Adora. It's in Knight and Doherty on that right hand side seem to be getting in each other's way almost, and I think that's probably yeah. What Steve n- not so at. much. Not so much the actual shape and trying to use that player in behind the front too. But I, th- I think um, I think Jason's Jason's strength. Is in and around the ball, he, you know, being involved and his, his running power is fantastic. He's a fantastic young fella. He, I'm not sure what Stephen's idea would have been in terms of why he had him in there. You know, I would I would think that in that position you, you'd probably want to play, but maybe, maybe now I know we're not overly blessed with these type of players, but I would have thought in that position you need to play with a bit more cuteness. You know, Jason's energy is absolutely fantastic, and he's. He's, he's a straight runner. He's more or less a straight passer as well. I, I, I think I actually thought if, it, if he turned it around and he had to put young Cullen in there, I thought I think that might have suited the system a little better. Okay. Um, I, I think if you're kind of going for that formation, maybe someone like a Mandreo or something would have been a better option because he's a bit more of a number 10 in that kind of classic number 10 mould. Yeah. Um, or even Troy at that, you know, and maybe... Yeah, but I, I, I see Cullen as being clever now. I, I see more clever passes from from Cullen than probably the rest of the midfielders. The, the, the midfielders are, you know, you could you could throw a blanket over them. They're nearly all the same. They're the same type. They're, they're all very, very good players, solid type players, simple passing type of players. 
where, uh, whereas I think um, Josh Cullen is capable of playing some more some more type of angle balls, some little balls around the corner. I think he's more capable of chipping, which is which is uh, important from that number ten position as well. If we do play like that, that, sorry, Gary, go on. I was just going to say, sorry for cutting across you. If, if we do play that role or that formation, and and Jack Byrne is available, it, it probably yeah, might yeah, suit yeah. him ideally. You know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I just I just think obviously you've, you just spoke about uh, Josh Cullen, and I suppose we'll get straight into it in the fourth minute. He whips in an unbelievable cross for John Egan, who smashed the crossbar. And I didn't think Cullen actually had that in his locker in terms of set pieces. We're always looking at Connor Howard to be the one to deliver the set pieces, and straight away Josh steps up, whips in a fabulous ball, um, and we're lucky not to be one 0 up at that point. Um, were you surprised, Gary, when you seen him step up to take the free kick? Larry, you probably well, weren't. He you know, he'd taken a few in Andorra as well, so it probably wasn't that much of a surprise. But it was a very good delivery. John Egan did well, lost his marker, and uh, just a pity the header wasn't a couple of inches lower because, uh, well, Galaxy, or however you pronounce it, was was beaten, all ends up. And uh, as you say, smashed back off the bar. That would have been a fantastic start had that gone in. But it, it was a well-worked set piece, which is um, it's good to see. And maybe Anthony Barry had a, a hand in that as well. Hmm. What about yourself, Larry? No, I wouldn't have been surprised. Like in every team, don't don't forget these are professional players. So most of them are should be capable of delivering a ball of that quality. You know, in in every team, I know Hurahan Hurahan has been fantastic in terms of his delivery. But there, there are probably two or three other players who could probably deliver the exact same ball. Yeah, I suppose the, the thing I would argue is that we just don't see it enough. But uh, yeah, yeah, look, that was. Uh, it's just annoying that that didn't go in because it would have been a nice ending to the obviously the international break. But it it was funny that we we got it we got a strike on goal and we hit the crossbar after five minutes of absolutely nothing whatsoever. You know, I don't think anything of any good quality until one long pass from Shane Duffy in the in those first five minutes went into the front players, and then all of a sudden we could have been one up after really not playing at all up to that. Yeah, well, I think I just like between that and then a ball that was kind of put into the box from Howrahan, which is in the, like the 44th minute, there wasn't a whole lot to kind of, um, in terms of chances or anything like that. They had a good header by Zali, which was brilliantly saved by Gavin Bazunu. So I'd say in that regard, we were probably equal in terms of, you know, yeah. decent, I, uh, I decent think, I think shots that, on goal, you know. Yeah, I think that cross going in sort of epitomized uh, what you call it. Um, Young Doherty's season and the way that he's playing, he seems to be playing under a cloud. I would have thought he could have got to that ball. I would have thought with a bit more snap and a bit more determination, he, he would have he would have got to that ball. Yeah, Gary, you were obviously in the stadium. What did it look like from you? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought the cross could have been blocked, but it was an absolutely superb save. I mean, Gavin Bazuno had to go full length for that and tip he it over. The free kick. Not, not the, Oh, the sorry. Yeah. Where Matt Doherty didn't didn't go for it. I thought oh, didn't go for. Sorry, didn't yeah, go for it. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought okay. he should have had it. Now, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I was just not getting, so what was sure your view that, from from where you were? Yeah. No, not so sure. I didn't. I mean, th- that didn't st- stand from the angle I was at. No, it didn't stand out as as obvious that he was that close to it. But and I haven't had a chance to watch it back on TV. Mm. So mm, I was watching it back earlier. That's why kind of they were the kind of two key moments for us in the half and then obviously the Bazunu save but I suppose going in a half time at nil nil 
were you, you know, feeling optimistic that maybe we could snatch this in the second half? I certainly was. I was watching on the watch along. Gary, you obviously, as you mentioned, you were there. Um, you know, what was the feel amongst half time and obviously you were in amongst fans, how were they reacting and stuff like that? We obviously know there was the booze stuff and we're not really gonna get into that, but uh, just in terms of the atmosphere and then a half time. Yeah, so the atmos the atmosphere was pretty much electric. It was effectively a full house i th there weren't actually any tickets on sale outside the stadium that you I think it was still possible to buy some online so i don't think anyone was really locked out but uh it was just uh, an amazing and it was look i spoke about it afterwards because it, it was really special and you actually forget how good it is to be in a full stadium with a cracking atmosphere now as you said it was not nice at all with the booing and uh, that's just not on. But leaving that aside, and uh, I'm delighted our players just, well, they uh, fully support them. But um, it, 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 after that, the Hungarian fans got behind their team, and it was a really raucous, loud atmosphere. And uh, so, and, and that continued for the whole game. So by, by half time, I was reasonably happy. I thought it was an even first half. I thought it was a decent enough game. And uh, I thought probably nil nil was a fair result i mean and i was thinking yeah we could nick it they could nick it um interesting to see what changes happen and uh of course we were getting to the end the last 45 minutes then of our season and but they had also half an eye to their crucial game next tuesday against portugal in the euros yeah Lara, what was your kind of opinion i, I, I just thought I, I thought more or less the same i thought in terms of the first half it, the one thing I, I would have said was that we actually looked solid. It didn't look like we were going to give anything away. I, I, I thought we were very, very disciplined in terms of our defending, uh, especially Matt Hardy and, and, and uh, James McLean down the sides. You know, they, they weren't really giving us too much going forward, but in terms of tracking and making sure that we weren't exposed down the sides of the three centre-backs, I thought both of them put in a really, really responsible performance. I thought both of them defended really, really well. Yeah, Shane Shane Duffy defended really well as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the three centre backs played well. Um, yeah, but um, it was great to see Shane Duffy in particular because look, yeah, it's yeah. been an it's been an awful year for him, and uh, hopefully it's it's finished on a high with a there was, clean there was sheet. One, there was one ball that came at him really really fast, and and he, he actually totally unexpectedly turned it back to the goalkeeper, <laughs> and I and I said to myself, well, there's a player who whose confidence is back. Yeah. yeah, he did. And he, he loved did really, really well there. Plus, he drifted. He loved a it nice yeah. Plus, plus, he drifted a, very, a couple of nice passes forward. He played. Uh, yeah. He played. He played some decent ball into the front, which for all the building at the back <laughs> and all the going through midfield, I think his his two passes forward were probably the best service that the front players got in that first half. Yeah, yeah there was one ball over the top to Adam Eda, wasn't it? And, yeah. and he curved it around. It was a great yeah. pass. People say you can't play out from the back. It just shows when so someone gives a player a bit of confidence. And it does seem like Stephen gave a lot of these players confidence. You look at Troy, he gets his you know, two goals, having come in off the back of a really tough season for himself. And uh, you know, Stephen obviously getting on to him and saying you know, remind them of how good he actually is. Shane Duffy, probably similar. They all seem to really enjoy the camp and it seems to kind of show on the pitch, I think. Now, look, mm -hmm. we didn't win the game and we'll come to the chances afterwards, but I just think going in half-time, there was a little bit of a feel-good factor back in the camp, but it looked that way anyway. Yeah, the win, the win would have given them that bit of confidence from last Thursday. 
And uh, and just one more point on Shane Duffy because after the game, he went to the Irish fans and uh, he he just seemed to be loving it. I mean, he gave his shirt to one of the fans. He was there. He was walking around with just in his shorts. And uh, look, you, you could really tell that there was a, a happy man. That was his confidence was back. His mojo was back. And I mean, I'm sure he was loving it with the fans because. Look, we all saw what went on for the last year at Celtic, and it just it didn't work out. And he became the well. Look, there's been a lot scapegoat. of problems at Celtic this season, and yeah, and he's become the scapegoat for that. And look, there's a lot more going on at Celtic. It's it's it, Shane Duffy is not the reason Celtic had a bad season. Uh, he didn't have a great season himself, but I think, as you said, Paul, that he became the scapegoat for that, and uh, hopefully he'll come back to pre-season and wherever he plays next season he'll be playing with a lot of confidence and be a much better player yeah i just want to move on to the uh the, the second half and obviously half time comes about um bizuno came off and quivin kelleher came on for his debut probably a bit a uh, bit overdue considering you know we probably would have thought in march that he would have been brought in but just through injury and so on he just wasn't yeah. uh bizuno has done himself absolutely no harm in you know claiming that number one spot going forward he looks calm mature demanding commanding i can't uh i can't speak highly enough of bizuno and i did think it was a good opportunity to bring in keller who, who did also perform what were your thoughts overall of uh bizuno i suppose since he's came in there he looks very confident he looks very capable very confident it's all the confidence of youth isn't it he's he hasn't he hasn't probably at this stage of his career everything has been on an upward trajectory for him yeah yeah he, he hasn't suffered many uh many setbacks he he's had a great you know a great rise and so you can see that in him you can see that in the confidence but both of them are fantastic you know i don't Stephen has a problem now in terms of in terms of selection there like all of a sudden we, we've got we've got three very very decent goalkeepers and did you see the um did you see the hungarian irish goalkeeper that came on with the big red hair yeah. and the big red beard oh, <laughs> he's he's got to have some orders in him as well <laughs> he couldn't declare it's mad he, he looks like the... sorry go on gary he just he looks like weaving keller a bit as well yeah but um yeah, obviously, like uh, Keller comes in anyway, and uh, I suppose there wasn't much of no. I mean, he makes a good save around the fifty-fourth minute uh, from Zad. He was a strike from distance, and he made a kind of a, a decent save from that. But I don't remember him having much to do before that. Then we made uh, a double substitution. Troy came off, and so did Connor Howard and Malumbi and Horgan came on. I think Malumbi gave us that bit more energy in midfield, a bit more than Howrahan. And um, you know, last night on my player ratings, I gave Horgan a five point five, but I watched the game back about two hours ago, and he was actually probably our best player off the bench because um, you look at the chances that he actually created for us. So I suppose maybe in some ways I was guilty because I was going through the comments while watching the game. And maybe not always uh, watching every single thing that he was doing, whereas I was obviously able to watch it back. So I think Horgan done himself absolutely no harm. And I suppose, uh, you know, within uh, two minutes of coming on, McLean hooks the ball over. Uh, Horgan takes it on his chest, a lovely touch, and then um, switches it over to Adam Eda, who probably, if he, if he uses his left foot there, he probably scores. But whatever way he kind of attacked it, I think it went out for a corner in the end. And... Um, but I, I just think with Horgan, every time he seems to come off the bench, he always seems to make a difference. Gary, when when you were watching that chance, did you think Eda could have done better, maybe? Or am I being harsh? 
Yeah, no, I, I think he could have done better watching it live. And I, I was actually quite impressed with Daryl Horgan live off the bench. Um, I, I, I did think he did really well. And he has that bit of quality. And he obviously did really well off the bench on Thursday as well. And um, he was probably, the, the of all the players that didn't start, he was probably the unluckiest. And uh, he, he's given Stephen another nice problem for September as well. But, yeah, I, I did think Adamita could have done better. Um, now, uh, I, I, overall, I thought he had a, a decent enough game and he, he led the line very well. And I think in this, you see, it can be very hard to judge, as, as I said before, on the training camp. We only see the two games, 180 minutes, whereas Stephen has, has had the players for the guts of two weeks. So you'll see a lot more in training as well. But for me, Adamita did a lot better than, let's say, the likes of James Collins and, and Ronan Cortis, who probably didn't have a good, uh, well, didn't didn't show their full potential, uh, as opposed to to guys like Adam Ida, Darrell Horgan, Troy, etc., who I think really put their hand up for selection. And what about you, Lard? Like, have you been impressed with him over the two games? No, no. I, I think, I, I honestly think it's come a bit too early for him. I think he needs to get some games in his in his in with his club's first team. Uh, is it Hogan or Ida? Sorry. Well, uh, I suppose we impressed with Hogan, and did you yes, think Ida? Yes, sorry, That's why sorry, I was yeah. laughing. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was talking. I I I, I thought you were talking about Ida. Yeah, I I think that whole I think that move in particular um, it, it said a lot about the whole team and and the way that we play in that. You know, McLean. You know, McLean. He's had his critics, and he's had he's had some poor. He's definitely had some poor games, but I think he always delivers, you know. So he he played a really really decent ball in, really really good skill from Hogan. But I think on the end of it, like I said, like I started to say about Ida, it, it, I I just think it's a bit early for him. I just don't think he's come up to, for want of a better term, I don't think he's come up to Premiership pace. And I think the pace of international football just at the moment is just that too 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 uh, quick for him. I, I definitely think when it was coming in, I definitely thought he was favoured to get across the defender at the near post with his left foot, and he just didn't. And and that's happened a few times. You know, you, you can see that happening time and time again. And now I think he's a great young fella, you know, and I think his time will come. But I, I actually, at the moment, I just think it's a little bit too early for him. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair comment. I think, you know, he hasn't played a whole lot at Norwich and obviously he's been injured. But I do want, just want to say on himself and Troy Parrott, throughout probably the first half and up until when Troy was taken off, they were getting lumps kicked out of them the whole time. And I think that will be, you know, that will stand to them in the future. Like, they were getting kicked around. And I would say on a normal sort of competitive game, they would have had a lot of yellow cards at the back there because they were just fouling mm -hmm. our players continuously and getting away with it, getting no yellow cards. Plus, plus as well, I think, Paul, as well. The, the standard of service into them was very poor in the first half. You know, the, the, the stuff... I think, I think we... You know the way playing... You, you've heard me talk about this before, about the way playing at the back is in such fashion now. And some of my eyes just, you know... <laughs> Just hides behind the sofa when you see a goalkeeper passing backwards to a centre back from a goal kick. Mm -hmm. But all that, all I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that building up at the back and going through midfield is to ensure that we get decent for decent service into the front. I think I think over the last few years it's become a little bit of an end in itself. So despite all the passes that we played in our own half, the amount of quality balls that those two strikers could use easily 
was very, very limited. So it's very, very hard to judge them. And again, in terms of being young, I, I think Troy, the couple of times the ball came up to him and he pushed it to the side and he went on a mad run after it, you know, not realising he was playing against an experienced international centre-back, you know. So I, th I think both those players, I, th I think their time will come. Yeah, I just want uh, John came in with a comment there. He just says the game unfolds very differently when the ref isn't given the yellow cards as he should, and I think that's a good point as well. It might have been a different game. Look, we were playing a friendly, I know, but at the same time, you want you want to try and win these games. But I suppose just going then, not long after, obviously that miss by Ida, he does capitalise on a bad sloppy pass from um, a Hungarian defender and has a strike for distance. Other people will say. He should have maybe played in Jason Knight. I think he was right to take this, this shot off because if that goes in, we're like, oh, brilliant. And if he gives the pass and Knight misses, people will say, well, either should have had a shot. So I think he took the right decision and forced a good save from the Hungarian goalkeeper. What did you think, Gary? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be rarely be critical, critical of a centre-forward uh, just having the confidence to have a go himself. I mean, uh, maybe that's what you want from your strikers. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too critical of having a go. Yeah, maybe he could have put in the pass, but he's yeah, the striker. Well. He's there to score goals. So yeah, he did all right. You know, he I wouldn't. Well. Um, like, he, yeah, you couldn't. He, he hit. He hit the corner to keep him out. Decent save. A little bit more power might have gone in. But he, like you're saying, he's he's our front player. You expect him to take the shots on. If he, you're right. If he didn't take the shot on, he wouldn't be doing his job. Yeah, but look, I think maybe that's all he needs is just a goal to go in for him. I think that's, uh, and then you might see the confidence, you know, the kind of, I feel like there's a lot of weight on his shoulders right now because he is the number nine and fans are expecting him to do stuff. And as you said, he might just be, you know, at kind of just slowly getting up to the pace of, yeah. as you say, Premier League football. And I still don't think he's going to play that much for Norwich next season. That's no, why I would like to see him out on loan somewhere, you know. So yeah. um, if you're looking at that, maybe he had got that goal and then the shackles are off. A bit like Troy, because that's what happened when Troy got his goal and you, then he started to play. Well, I actually thought Troy played quite well, surprised he got taken off. But the only real other chance up until the 80th minute then was uh, Knight put in a ball and then it was a McLean header from the back post. It was it was kind of it was it was hard for McLean to get any power to kind of steer it on goal. Their keeper makes a save. Um and then not long after uh, McLean came off for Ryan Manning. But in the in between that then Kelleher makes an unbelievable save from Azali header. And it was it kind of reminded me of that save that he made was it against Ajax, I think it was, or was it against Wolves for Liverpool? And he made a save and he tipped it over the bar. It was an outstanding save. So he did it twice in this game within uh, 81st minute within three minutes he made two unbelievable match winning saves or match saving saves if you want because we didn't lose the game um but i was i was really impressed with him just his calmness his saves everything about him to that point like i, I gave him man the match because i thought he had such an impressive half for his debut gary when you when when you saw him, did, you know, the way we were kind of being at games and you can kind of see and hear the keepers and stuff, was he as loud maybe as Bazunu? Was he as commanding as Bazunu? Or, you know, what type of way? I've never seen him live. Yeah, so I didn't, uh, because there was such a crowd there, oh, fans, you couldn't. Yeah, sorry. yeah. And, uh, but I think the other key thing, which maybe hadn't been picked up on, and uh, I don't know, maybe this is a good thing in the end, because I know Stephen said he wanted Gavin Bazuna to play in front of fans. Uh, it was Quivine actually played in front of the hardcore ultras. And I go back to the, the booing, which at the start, which frankly was racist, right? Uh, it did seem to come from all corners of the ground, but particularly the fans behind that goal 
that Queen Keller was defending in the second half. And I suppose from being a bit more protective, I'm glad it wasn't Gavin Bizzuno that probably would have got even more abuse had he been had he got his 45 minutes at that end. But um, going back to the performances, I was really impressed with both of them. They were very commanding. I think Larry said it already. We've got two quality go three quality goalies because Darren Randolph as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still there. I mean, it's it's a lovely problem for Stephen to have, and uh, I, I think both of them very much so put their hand up last night and, and played really well. Uh, those two Quiving Keller saves. My memory was there was within about a minute of each other. And it actually came just after we'd had a really good spell. I think the previous 10 or 15 minutes, we'd kind of got on top of the game. And if anyone was going to win it kind of from 65 to 80 minutes, I thought we were going to do it. And suddenly they they kind of took over again and they had a really good spell for maybe five or six minutes there when it looked like they were they were going to win the game if, if it wasn't for Queeping Kelleher. Yeah, I think um, it was as well when we made the sub then up for, I think it was Ogbeni, but he doesn't come on to the 89th minute. Then momentum really shifted. And I think he, he provided something that we haven't had is, is absolute out and out pace. Um, I thought Jason, I put in a fantastic shift. I mean, you know, most of the time when he has that ball on that right hand side, he provides really good crosses into the box. We just don't see anyone ever really attacking them. He had one good ball. It might've been the second half where he whipped one in, he was kind of going nowhere down the right-hand side, and he just fired the ball in from the right-hand side. And uh, if you're actually looking, a lot of times he won a lot of balls back for us, just getting his toe to things and winning back possession for us. I thought Jason had a really good game. But then and uh, Ogbeni comes on on that right-hand side, and straight away Daryl Horgan slips him in with this reverse pass. Maybe, maybe someone who's not making their debut has a bit more composure there and maybe takes a touch, looks across, or has a shot, uh, takes a touch and then has a shot, whereas he obviously took the shot first time and hit the side net. Now, I'm not having a go at him for taking a shot on. I think he was well within his rights to uh, to take a shot on. And then, obviously, towards I, the end... I, I then, think, Paul, if he had his life to live all over again, if he had that minute to live all over again, I don't think he would have taken the shot. Yeah. yeah. So there, well, there you go. But he, he then... Yeah. And then he tries to do the right thing the next time he gets the ball where it was a great ball uh horgan again puts him in and again that pace gets in behind and i think he could maybe have had a shot maybe the angle wasn't favoring but i was kind of looking going and maybe if you angle yourself a little bit more but obviously it's different in real time and it's different when you're on the pitch and uh, he tries to uh, deliver a ball into think i think it's james collins and uh, the defender just gets there that was kind of a uh, do or die at that stage and i think that was that was really it then uh that was the kind of last move of the game. But I suppose overall, if you're looking at this international window, and I'll come to you, Gary, first, and then you, Larry, like, is this, ha, have you seen progress? Has this, like, a lot of people said last night, and this is the first time I've seen people actually being positive in comments and saying this was our best performance uh, since Stephen Kenny took over. So, you know, me and you, Gary, have been at games, and we've thought that Ireland have played well, and others have thought we've played absolutely terrible. Maybe they haven't been watching the whole game. But I've definitely seen signs of passages of play and it's not all aimless football and just relying on set pieces anymore. There is signs and patterns that we're looking to try and create things. I think we are still lacking the creativity. But overall, um, I would say, before I get your kind of um, opinion, I would say it's it's been a successful camp. And I think that shows why so many players were so happy leaving the camp saying, 
great uh you know great camp going on holiday can't wait to get back what what did you think overall of the two games yeah it was a successful camp i mean there's no doubt there has been patches and halves of football and, and times when we have played well but there's also been times when we haven't played so well okay and uh we've had some bad results and i think these last two weeks have definitely been the the most successful and the sign no look it, it was it was only andorra and it was looking a bit hairy for the first hour but um it was a really emphatic last half an hour and to put four goals past them and that gave him a bit of confidence and i thought last night was a really good performance i mean you're up against a hungarian side they're not a great side but they're a decent side they've qualified for the euros um i don't expect them probably to give portugal germany and france too much trouble uh maybe i'll be proved wrong on that it will be interesting to see how they get on but they're decent and they were at home they were playing in front of their own fans in a full house in their send-off game for the euro so they wanted to win they wanted to put on a show and we matched them and we were as good as them so i mean there's progress there and i think uh, I do go back to Stephen getting the, under, the, the something similar to the two weeks in the south of France with the under-21s in 2019 and Toulon tournament, and they really kicked on from that. So what I'm hoping is that there were certainly a lot of positive signs last night and we can really kick on, benefit from the, not just the two games, but the, the training camp together, players getting to know each other better. I mean, we've had a lot of competitive games and this was a chance for Stephen to try something some things out but he was also very conscious of um of getting the results and maybe that's why he, he we didn't see too much i mean i would have liked to have seen more uh, more of dozy ogbene i mean he's someone i know from limerick and i know my my bias there but i i think he there was something about him when he came on um Andrew Mabamadeli didn't get a chance to play. It would have been nice to see him get a tryout. But I think Stephen was also conscious of getting results. And he wanted, maybe because of some of the negativity going back to previous windows, that he, he actually felt he didn't have enough in the bank to get away with trying out Andrew Mabamadeli for a half of the game. And if it didn't work out, we could have lost 2-0. So I think he took maybe the safe option and said, no, I want to get the result and he was he, he wanted a result and build confidence for the games in september and i, I i'm very point. happy with the window yeah no i think i think what you're saying is a fair point and i do think that maybe if we had got results elsewhere there might have been a bit more uh leeway to then say oh well i'm gonna give this guy a run just see how he does if we get beat we get beat there's no harm but i do think it was vital to kind of keep that unbeaten streak of the two games look at his andorra and i mean one thing to yeah one other thing to bear in mind for six minutes in andorra i i think there were serious question marks whether stephen kenny would have continued as manager of the national team Mm. I mean, if we had I lost. think if we'd lost one nil, and particularly because the performance for that first hour uh, wasn't great, frankly. I mean, if we'd lost or even drawn one one, uh, I think the chances are he would have been gone. Whereas now, I don't think that's going for discussion. He's he's going to be the manager in September and and probably for the autumn. And I think then it's how we do in September, October, November. I think World Cup qualification realistically is gone. I know it's mathematically possible, but I don't think realistically we can qualify for the World Cup or even earn the playoff for next March. But I think if we have um, 
a positive autumn and get some positive performances and get some good results, then we can build from that. Mm. And Lara, just to finish off from yourself then, um, how would you rate everything obviously Gary's kind of touched on in his perspective? Yeah. But what's your Yeah, I, I, look, my colours are now firmly to the mass, so I'm 100% behind Stephen, as I would be. I, I'm, I'm enjoying Stephen and the players taking on the challenge of playing what we might look at as being a little bit differently in terms of how we had been playing. I think even looking at the game last night, I, I think we're still at the stage of, knit, of knitting things together because of the absolutely horrible year and all the circumstances that have hit the team and have hit Stephen. I think we're still at the stage where it's still being pulled together. And I think, you know, each game, they're going to they're gonna learn more, you know. I saw an awful lot, especially in the second half last night, I saw an awful lot less of passes being played for the sake of them, right? And I, and I think... I, I would I would hope or I would imagine that we're heading towards a, a, a sort of a, a way of playing that will be still be Irish, will still be aggressive, and will still be still be very very forward thinking, and and still would be very very direct, but doing that with more skillful players, doing that in a more skillful way, which which in all honesty is what really every coach wants, isn't it? He wants his players to work really really hard. He wants his players to be aggressive. He wants his players to look forward and he wants his players to play skillfully at the same time. And and that's the, I hate using the word, you know, I hate using the word project, but that is the project. You know, up to now, the, the football that we've been playing at international level, like it's it's been a different brand than what we're trying to do now. So I'm enjoying watching that happen and, and seeing whether whether we can make it happen and make it happen well yeah well i just you know i think you're right in what you're saying and it is a big thing a big shift from what we're normally used to and i think when it comes off you're starting to see good signs of that we've been maybe a goal away or you know someone hitting the post away from winning games in previous games that if that goal goes in there's a total different outlook on the result because we've won a game rather than a draw in a game you know um so i think in some cases people just look for the result rather than the performance and i do think if you look at overall the performances haven't been that bad if you consider that Stevens had so many players taken away from him throughout the course of his time. Like I, I don't recall him ever being able to pick maybe his first choice team, whether that's through COVID or through injury. Or you appreciate players get injured through injury and you have to make do. But when there's so many over, like his was it his, the one against Slovakia, and then there was just COVID mania, like with Ida and Connolly sitting too close on a plane to people and stuff like that. It was just crazy all the stuff that was happening. And, a terrible year for them, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think in general on, on the pitch, in terms of our attacking play, you know, we're seeing stuff now that we haven't seen in a long time. We're seeing yeah. little one twos, we're seeing little triangles around the pitch, we're seeing little runs, little clever little pass. Now, I'm, I'm not saying it's all the time, but there are flashes there that give me hope. Little overlaps, pieces of individual skill like Hogan's last night. These are little things that I don't think for a while we were seeing. I think I think our approach had got very very stale up to you know up to the time that where Stephen Stephen was given the job and I think in terms of on the playing field there's a long way to go I'm not saying it's great but to me I, I, I'd be optimistic about the way we're playing. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point, and I think Gary would agree, as would I, on that. Um, so let us know your thoughts in the comments. Anyway, we're going to leave it at that because Gary has to run away. Um, so yeah, we've got a uh, a couple more things coming over the next few days. Make sure to check out uh, Larry's book as well. Let the players play. He just released the book. Larry, can you uh, just give us the the website in which you can get that book? Yeah, from? it's it's bigpicturecoachingireland.com. So if you want to head over, lots of people endorsing the book for for um, Lara there over the last couple of days and stuff like that. And I think it's a it's a fantastic book as well. So especially if you're an upcoming coach or just a coach in general, um, make sure to check it out. It is actually forward by Stephen Kenny himself. So there you go. Larry's a big time player in the Irish <laughs> in Irish football. Um, yeah, but anyway, let, let us know your thoughts in the comments on anything we discussed. Um, uh, what did you think of the international window? Um, are you happy with Stephen Kenny? Because there was a lot of people saying that we don't provide enough balance questions, position or whatever. I think he's came out the back of this uh, international window on the team. On a positive note, we head into September unbeaten. Um, we got his first win under his belt in 12 games. So, uh, things to be positive about. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. Don't forget to like the video and we'll speak to us all soon. Thanks for watching.